Welcome to Go Rangers Radio, where the New York Rangers are always the talk of the town. If you bleed red, white, and Rangers blue, hail the king, follow the bread man, and know how to spell Capo Caco, then you've tuned to the right place. And now, here are your handsome hosts, Kevin Delury and Paul Cuthbert. They're not always going to get it right, but you can be damn sure they'll pretend they are. Now, let's go Rangers Radio. Yeah, good evening everybody and welcome to Go Rangers Radio. Broadcasting live from the Go Hockey Media Studios in New York, baby. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuppert. And everybody, please say hello to your friend and mine, Mr. Kevin DeLore. KD, how you be, baby? Good, man. Good. Hanging in there, trying to, you know, like everybody else, sort of stay positive in, in this t- uh, tough time that we're dealing with. And, you know, watching all the old sports, uh, you know, games on TV and um, analysis from, like, games from, like, 15 years ago. And, uh, yeah, I guess it's better than nothing. Memories. <laughs> got it. Pictures. It's great, baby. It's all we got. It's all we got of the memories, buddy. And thank God we have them. It's all good. Here we are. COVID-19 keeping us inside. Some of us going outside. Some people keeping it together. People are starting to lose it. We don't know. The unknown, the questions, sports, relationships with our wives and girlfriends, <laughs> children. So many things to ponder. But here we are, baby. Go Rangers Radio. Episode 28. And for everybody who's still been listening to us on this ride since March and the season has ended, we want to say thank you. But it's good to be here, KD, and I tell you, man. These six, seven days that go between when me and you get to speak to each other are long, long, <laughs> long, and I'm so glad to be talking to you again tonight. Can't wait to catch up on on the Rangers Boston series that's going on right now. Um, talk about some of the uh, the uh, the um, uh, the games that MSG is, is playing. The uh, the retro games is good stuff and. Uh, we, you know, we got some things to talk about and have some fun, but mainly that's the main thing right here. Go Rangers Radio. This is a, a little bit of a release uh, for us to kind of just, you know, I got my arms out in the air here, and I'm uh, I'm trying not to lose my mind, KD. How about you? Yeah, definitely. I need a little little something-something to switch things up here. This this uh, uh, podcast is definitely a nice sort of respite um, because I, I think this was a bad week for me, I think, mentally. You know, I'm... You know, I've tried to stay, you know, as positive as possible, you know, go going for long walks, you know, every day to just sort of stay active and, you know, playing with the kids a lot and just zero motivation to do anything this week. I think um, just, you know, hit hit a rut, you know, and trust me, a lot of people are, are in a lot worse spots than me worried about my boredom right now. <laughs> but still, um, you know, it's 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 been tough. It's just like a lot of just terrible eating, you know. A lot of drinking. I went on a little bit of a bender at the end of last week, you know. <laughs> so I've I've actually dried myself out the last couple of days, which is which is good. Went for a nice five mile walk today, and uh, trying to get myself sort of back into things, get it into a better frame of mind. Have you, have you learned anything about yourself in these last couple of weeks? Oh, I I am just a gluttonous person. I think. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think I'm every person in the movie Seven. <laughs> yeah, you know, the seven deadly sins. Like I'm every one of those. I'm oh, I'm man. finding out. Like I, you know, I they found that sort of big fat guy like in the bed and stuff. Like <laughs> if this continues on, that you're gonna find me. Like my wife's gonna find me just like I you know just dead like in the bed weighing like my 600 pound life. Like I'm gonna be in the new season of that um, if this continues. <laughs> A lot of us are gonna end up like Brad Pitt. <laughs> Find the. Uh... I don't want to ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen the movie. Uh, you know what? If, if nobody's seen the movie seven by now, they deserve to have it ruined because, yeah, I think my, you know, wife's head is going to be in a box. If this <laughs> I'll tell you, there are, there are, um, <laughs> I, I guess I break it down at this, like, okay, this every day is every day, you know, and then this, you know, oh, there's some really good days. And man, then there's just like there's angry days, <laughs> just, just days either me or my wife. We, somebody's angry, and that's it. Everybody in the house, you know, you got to find your corners or, or break out outside. But it just seems to be that that's what's kind of that swings around. Which which day is going to be angry day? <laughs> yeah, and and it really is. I mean, you could really get yourself in a, you know, we've we've discussed this the last couple of weeks. I mean, it, you could put yourself in a real bad spot, sort of mentally, you know, and especially if you're someone who's like in a small little apartment and, you know, you're living by yourself, I could see that. And it's nice to have people around to sort of, you know, play a game with or, you know, go outside and, you know, throw the football around with my son. And, you know, we got him like a, a pogo stick today. So we're all out on, you know, out on the pogo stick. It was like something <laughs> new, you know, it was like, oh, my God. It's like, you know, in uh, what's the movie with Tom Hanks when he gets stuck on the island and he like, you know, That's discovers the, one, the volleyball and it just like changed that. That was like us today. We're just like. Oh my God, the pogo stick! You know, <laughs> it just changed our whole perspective on things. We were just sort of staring at it for a while, like, hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's it's a, a crazy time, and you, um, you, you certainly know, don't want to have to go to the dentist. Speaking of Castaway, you certainly don't have to go to the yeah, dentist. Yeah, today. Castaway. Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> you know, and you know, it's tough. I mean, it's obviously been a real tough week, you know, as far as, you know, the death counts, especially in New York. Um, the numbers are just, just horrific and tragic. And I, I don't even want to watch the news at this point. I don't, um, because it's just, it, it makes it even worse, um, to just see what's going on and what, what people are dealing with, you know, health wise. And then again, as we discussed sort of economically and, you know, I know it's stuff that, uh, you know, a lot of people are dealing with and, and thankfully, you know, stimulus money is, Coming to people, I haven't gotten mine yet. Paul, did you get your check yet? Not yet, sir. All right, yeah. uh, but you know, hopefully that'll help some people. Although most of the people I see on uh, Twitter are saying they're going out and getting an Xbox, but you know, I guess that's that'll help them <laughs> mentally. Um, you know, to, to have something to do. Um, but uh, hopefully the money will help some people who, who can't afford food right now, um, which which is a good thing. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the big thing right now. You know, uh, been. Uh... You know, you go back and forth. I'm sure you have conversations with, uh, you know, people that you work with and people, uh, you know, out there in, in, in just in business, the economy, uh, this thing about reopening. You know, we we here doing a sports podcast and, the, you know, uh, whether, when and if sports are going to come back and, and how they do it. And you know, me last week talking about the concert business and the crowd business and everything. And it's just um, generally, you know, we, we've gotten through March. We're uh, heading towards the middle of April here right now. And. I think that's the, it's still 
I think that's still just one of the things that stands out for me more than anything is it is is yeah, and there's nothing you can do about it. You know what what happens after April and May? <laughs> you know where are we going to be? And and that's the thing with. Uh, you know, the financial part of it, money for everybody, all the different economic breakdowns, how they get this money out to each other, and, and you know, uh, whether it's the local government, federal government, everybody trying to do the whole main thing here and stuff. But just the, um, you know, the, the weight. And, you know, you're talking about people joking around with their money going to get Xboxes. Everybody better hang on to everything as much as they possibly <laughs> can, man. And, I'm, you know, you start seeing people, uh, you know, on social media and, People are starting to break down, and it's, you know, and the that's the thing that kind of bugs me. All I'm going to say is I, I'm just, I'm glad we live in New York because there's some batshit crazy stuff going on in other states right now, and I just don't, they have no idea what's coming for them. And I've also, you know, being in the entertainment business too, it doesn't matter what political side you're on it, you know, you just, you just, you got to come together. I mean, we did it in, with 9-11 and stuff. What I'm seeing for the most part for New Yorkers right now is, Everybody's just kind of keeping it together, and you gotta be, just be patient with everything, and and just you know do stuff like what we're doing right now. Just get into stuff, folks. Get creative. Find things that can make you laugh, and and can you know just keep your your mind off things, and and, and have fun. I, I'd say the other thing, KD, too, is thank God the nice weather's coming around, and and hopefully you know as far as just general activity and. You know, just you know, for me, I you know, getting back into shape and getting on the bike and and going going out there and doing my thing. I think if I if I don't have that, I think that's when I'll start. You know, because that'll be my release. It's just if I can just throw the tunes on like I do every spring, get on the bike and I go hard for like April and May and and, and early June just to kind of crush some pounds before the summer and stuff like that. Um, you know, that's that's the things that you got to do. You got to find the release, do the things that you can do, uh, have fun. Stay in touch with your friends and try and avoid the political crap and, and getting into those conversations and everything else because when it all goes down, we're we're all we're all we're all together here. So, um and I know, you know, me and you living out here in Long Island in the suburbs and everything else like that, it's you know, you can walk out into the block, you can tell me, K D how you're feeling. Like I said, you know you know your neighbors around and everybody's doing their own thing and you can kinda look down the block and say, All right, everybody pretty much down here is pretty much level headed and we all have kids, and we're just hanging in there. And, and I just think that that's, that's just all we can do right now because, man, they're, they're talking about no concerts. And, you know, and, and I'll bring this up the last thing here, too. It's like I said, until there, and this goes into sports and hockey and, and, and what we're going to have some fun talking about tonight is until there's rapid testing, until there's a vaccine, you know, how do you do it? I mean, I was talking to another guy today, business owner, in terms of what they're, how they're managing uh, their restaurants and their staff and uh, bills and just it's unbelievable the depth and the many different webs that this thing kind of extends to, man. And I think all of us, all we can do right now is just try and stay positive and, and entertain yourselves as much as we can. Yeah, I think the testing part is huge because, I mean, without it, I mean, you're essentially flying blind. You know, my wife and I were talking about it earlier tonight and, and we're just like, you know, of the people who are still, you know, being hospitalized right now, we're like, well, well, who is being hospitalized? Like, who is getting this virus? Is it just, you know, healthcare professionals? Is it, you know, first responders? Like, what percentage of those people make up who is being hospitalized right now? Like, are the people who are just going to the grocery store getting it? 
like what percentage of those people or, you know, like my wife and, and I can't even make fun of her anymore because I just don't know. Like she's like wiping down the cardboard boxes that we're getting, you know, packages in and then wiping down the stuff that's in it. And I'm like, I don't even know. Like, are people getting it from that? You know, and until you really have that information and I really don't think it's out there. I mean, Polly, unless you're seeing that, you know, it, it makes it even scarier. I think where now, I mean, Cuomo today has essentially said, if you go out, you need to be wearing a mask now. Um, if you're in a, a place where you can't find six feet or you can't social distance. So, you know, I'm assuming that's grocery stores and most of the grocery stores these days are basically pleading with customers to come with a mask on um, now. And, and, I, and most likely you'll probably be asked to, I don't know, leave or maybe they'll have some for you to put on. I'm not sure how they're going to enforce well, that, that. But I think that's why he has to do that today because yeah. because there's no testing. I think yeah. that's, oh, that's yeah. the reason. You're flying, you're flying, like I said, you're sort of flying blind with it. And then until... You know, you can get the sort of, um, what is it, the platelet tests, you know, and see if you've even had it. Like, there's some people who have had it and may not even have known it. So, I mean, that's a huge thing, too, because, you know, those people have now built up immunity to it. And you may have the ability to start getting some of those people to work initially. You know, however they're going to roll this thing out. But unless you know whether somebody had it or not, um you know, you can't do anything. So it's, it's, you know, one good thing I did see, and I don't know, I guess golf is one of the few sports that maybe you could pull it off. I mean, without crowds, but still doing some type of competition is, you know, the PGA is saying they're, they're looking to get back in June, um, which would be nice. I mean, I enjoy golf. Um, you know, I'll take anything at this point. Um, so, you know, maybe that, that's the first sort of sport you see how it goes. And, you know, you take it from there, but, you know, is but I, I don't think there's going to be any type of crowds or anything there. Um, so, you know, who knows? We'll, we'll see how that goes. But, you know, maybe that is uh, the first step. Again, I, I mentioned it last week. I, I saw some something online. I think it was in Korea. More baseball it was like a real game today. So I was actually watching a little bit of that. Something yeah, it was like anything. Um, again, no crowds or anything. No, no fans. Uh, but it was good to see some live sports again. So, you know, anything to put me in some type of a positive place um, is, is a good thing. And like you said, uh, I always think that exercise helps. Like I said, I, I sort of got into a little bit of a rut there where I wasn't going for a walk, but I went for a walk. Today. I felt a lot better, um, you know, put on, you know, podcast and, you know, laughed a little bit and, you know, and it was good uh, to sort of just get away from things for a little while, get my body a little active and, and uh, now I'm in a good mood for the podcast, so um, expect great things from me tonight. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Well, look, everybody out there, just, you know, stay, you know, like the biggest thing for me is just everybody, you know, and that goes me too because, man, you can get depressed. You can, it can bring you down, and I, I hear you too. I think the, the motivational thing too is uh, – and I think that's an up and down thing. It's, it's, it's been like a timeline. It's a stage like going on with everything here. Okay, we're shut down. We're doing this. We're doing that. And then we just got to wait. And, you know, everybody's talking about, you know, sports or this opening, that opening and everything else. It, you know, like you know, I have a bunch of dates that are still on the calendar for music for June and everything. And, you know, uh, obviously until the, the venues and the, and the buyers and stuff cancel those, those, those are staying up there. Do I think we're actually going to get those shows in? Absolutely not. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but um, 
you know, I, I think that's the catch is, you know, we get towards the end of April here. I think everybody as a, as a nation, um, we just need to see the next step of, um, you know, and, and that's the testing thing. And that's, that's like, you know, can, can we get to the next steps? Cause you know, we've had the, we, you know, you get the flu vaccine, you all go to work and stuff like that and you get the sniffles oh, they're in a fever and stuff. Nobody runs in 20 different directions because you know, you can go get the flu shot and they've got treatment for the flu and then you know what you got to do and so on and so forth with this. There's still just so many unanswered questions and, you know, to, to me, ultimately, with this more than anything, and, and, and as we get into talking about hockey and, and, and going back to, you know, looking at some of the old games and MSG is shown and all that other stuff, but it's just the time. And I think that's the thing right now is just to be patient with everything because the, the big question is, is why, where are we going to be at the end of May? So a guy like me who has a business, a guy like you who works and everything else and our kids and stuff like that, and our school is just another issue altogether, is, and then financially and everything else is... If we get to May and they turn around and say this is going to be another month, another two months, you know, that's when it's going to be like, all right, this is this is bigger than what we thought, you know. And I think we're all just going through this for the first time. But anyway, I digress. It is what it is. So, KD, what would you like to start off talking about, whether it's hockey-related, Ranger-related, uh, or something about Kevin DeLore? Because I know that's your favorite subject. Yeah, <laughs> love talking about myself. <laughs> Um, you know, I think Paul, you know, I think people would be, would be semi interested in, and we, we texted about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago when we were trying to figure out like, what the heck are we going to talk about? I think it would be fun to talk about. Cause I, I always, I always find this argument hysterical on social media, mostly Twitter. Cause that's where the two of us mostly are, um, is when, um, you know, someone has whatever take they have on, on a game, whether it's an analytical take or an eye test take. You know, the first criticism is always like, well, have you ever played the game before? Um, you know, or with your background, or you obviously didn't play hockey before. Um, so I, I think I would, I think people would may find it interesting to know our sort of backgrounds um, with a game of hockey, playing it, ice hockey wise, roll hockey deck, whatever, you know, whatever it is. Um, and, and, you know, our experience is playing a little bit. So to be honest, Paul, I really don't even know um, your background with the game. I mean, we've discussed our background and how we became Ranger fans. Um, but just, you know, our background as far as playing the game itself, you know, I think that that would be somewhat interesting. Yeah, man, I'm down with that. I can take you through uh my little ride through hockey as I'm, a player. I mean, when Paulie, you know, was playing, and and I'm assuming you played, um, you know, he played back in the day where you know no helmet was required. <laughs> That's how long ago it was. <laughs> Easy cowboy. What and he had, he had the, well, he still has the long flowing hair, but he had the real he had the, I, the, I the looked, Duguay I, look. I was I was part of the transition from four wheels. To inline skating, okay? <laughs> but we all had to wear cages and helmets, okay? <laughs> that was the only uh that was the only massive uh change. But no, I, I think um all right, so I'm fifty years old. The the, uh, the the great memories are it's obviously Long Island out here. Uh it's primarily uh it's roller hockey. And, you know, just from playing in the streets, that was the biggest thing, man, was getting uh can just you can just picture them in my hands right now the big giant uh boots with the big fat wheels the four wheelers 
And I lived on a dead-end block uh, down here in the South Shore, East Rockaway, Limburg area, and um, we just played. That was the thing, man. It was just after school, um, you know, obviously when it was nice, even when it was cold, was just playing as much as we can. Just that was it. it was, you played until it was dark. And back then, obviously, if, if we go, all right, so if I'm 13, 14, 83, 84, so – you know, that's coming out of the Islander years there, the dynasty and everything else, and then just kind of things taking off with uh, the Edmonton Oilers and, and um, you know, just the rest of the decade there, Calgary winning and stuff. But, you know, I mean, it was it was huge uh, because the Islander Ranger rivalry was so huge in the early 80s and everything. As a kid, uh, that, that's that's all we did out here. It was just Rangers and Islanders jerseys. It was, it was, it was just the biggest thing, and um, it was so inspiring and we all played, and then a little later on in the in the mid to late eighties, I don't know exactly when they came in, but obviously the Devils come in, and uh, now everybody's wearing Devil jerseys and stuff like that. But um, I so I primarily was a roller hockey player. Um, I played a little bit of ice. Uh, eighty three, uh, eighty four. I was going to uh, I was the last freshman class in Maria Regina in in Uniondale. And um, I was going to play ice hockey for Maria Regina at that time, but my younger brother, who everybody knows from my underland, he was born that year, and uh, he's 13 years younger than me. <laughs> and um, <laughs> with uh, different aspects at the time, financially for my folks and everything like that, and the, it, it lined up. It was primarily more than anything else. Uh, St. Agnes, um, Maria Regina closed after that year, and they became St. Agnes, which is now Kellenberg. And at that time, we were the, when that when that happened, we got through that year. Um, we, we long story short, we didn't all come back. I ended up going to public school uh, locally here, and there was no ice hockey. So my uh, you know, and I and I didn't pursue it uh, in a, in a in a public league sense. Uh, and then from then on, that point on, I played ice. Where did you go to high school after that? I went to East Rockway right here. That's where I'm from. East Rockway. Yeah. So it was basketball, baseball, and football. And there's like, you know, whatever. I went from a school of 1,600 kids to a school of like, you know, 500 kids. You know, So, mm-hmm. you know, it was just it was just going. And that's when I turned and got into music. And that's, you know, there's that story. So, um, but I continued to play uh, inline. And, and all my buddies, we, we had uh, tons of teams. We played in all kinds of uh, uh, inline uh, roller leagues, inline leagues. Where did you play inline? Um, well, inline got big. Uh, we, we played... Um, it was a lot of makeshift leagues, leagues out here, uh, Valley Stream, Rockville Center, um, Oceanside. Uh, those were all the, the, the local leagues around here that we played in, and primarily all of them were all outdoor leagues. Uh, there was a, a rink out here, the roller hockey place called uh, Hot Skates. That was pretty popular. There was a lot of um, playing. But in, in 95, um, I left and I moved to Colorado, and I actually moved the year that the, uh, the Avalanche – I mean, the Quebec Nordiques became the avalanche. And then when I came out here, hockey just kind of exploded too. But there wasn't a lot of ice hockey rinks so much in, in Denver and Colorado. But they were building, uh, they had the inline. Do you remember the International Roller Hockey League? Yes. Right? So uh, Nassau Coliseum had a team too. I can't remember who they called, the Sharks or something like that or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But um, at that point, that's it was probably a year or two before. That's when the, uh, the you know, so the early 90s is when uh, everybody started switching over from uh, four-wheelers to inline. So I primarily played a ton of inline hockey. And then right before I moved to Colorado, though, the other thing I was playing a lot of was deck hockey. And I played out in Farmingdale, out at the dock, deck hockey league there, off of um, 110. 110. Yeah, yes. I played that. Yep. Yeah. So, and I that's where I blew out my knee. And I blew out my knee 
before I went to Colorado. So my skating, I was able to still skate, but I was kind of, I was limited. But it wasn't that bad. I was able to go ski and skate when I went out to Colorado. But before that, I played a ton of deck hockey with my buddies out in uh, out in deck hockey. That was so much fun, man. We just, I was just like, I mean, it, all it was was playing hockey and drinking, man. And and yeah. it was just, it was just great times. And then, um, but when I went out to Colorado and stuff, uh, the 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 leagues uh, built up out there, and they got pretty, you know, the Avalanche come in and they they go on that run. I'm a guy from New York, and what was really cool about that time, which is a really cool part of my hockey um, history, and and even though it's in line, um, there were uh, at that time in '95 there were people moving from all over. I, I I met guys from Canada that moved into Colorado into Denver. Guys from the West Coast, uh, guys from Texas, down south. Uh, I met guys from Wisconsin, all this stuff. But we all met at this roller rink that was basically like a, like I said, it was like a, a United Skates of America. It was a, it was a, it was a public skating place. You know, where you would go and you know, the disco dance and all that shit, the kid parties, and then at night they would turn it into uh, roller hockey rinks. Hmm. Uh, and, and I was part of them because the Avalanche had just come there, so hockey now was starting to to take place and get popular. So I had come in and I had helped these guys develop this league. I became a referee. I did all that stuff. And um, we, uh, the, there was an incredible amount of talent that came in from all, you could say, hockey towns. You know what I'm saying? And um, we had some, we had, you know, we, we built up some big leagues, just like they would out here in Long Island, whether it's, you know, uh, elite league, you know, guys that can really play, young kids, fast kids and stuff. And was we were part of this. Uh, I was part of one of the top teams. I was twenty five. I was best shape of my life. Um, loved playing. I was I was a good player. I'm not gonna. It's it's not an ego thing. I just loved the game. I was playing it since I was you know ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen years old, and I loved the game. Come out there was part of putting this league together. So here's a great story. Um, I met all these guys, and I met this guy Dave, and I think Dave was from Minnesota, if I'm not wrong. And uh, we didn't like each other in the beginning. A lot of the guys, we didn't all like each other in the beginning because we're all from different. I was a guy from New York, blah, blah, blah. But as, as the, uh, the year went on there that I was there, we all became great friends all through the game of hockey, all through playing and stuff like that. So one day, uh, and then Dave started working with me because uh, we were the referee teams. And, and we were the referee, the officials. And the reason we were officials is because we had the most experience in the game. And that's why they, these guys, um, guys that I played against in, in this league that we didn't like, but they ended up becoming my friends and we, because they knew the game. It was almost like we, we kind of had to work together to make this league grow because we were making money. We were creating teams and all that other stuff. Long story short, Dave, we became good friends, and then one day he says, so what are you doing Saturday morning? And, and this was in August, and I said, I'm not doing anything. I said, he says, well, grab your ice skates, and he says, uh, meet me at this shopping mall, and I said, we're going to take a ride, and we're going to go up to Vail. And I go, why are we going up to Vail? It's, it's the summer. He says, just trust me, let's go. So I meet him. Dave takes me out, and we pull up to this ice facility, this ice rink that's up at Vail, and we go Love in. Love Vail, by the way, not to cut you off. Oh, I've, well, been there. Yeah. I've only been there once. Amazing. Dude. During great. the summer. I went there during the summer. It's Amazing. gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, it's just gorgeous. I mean, yeah. forget you want to I could talk for two hours on the skiing, yeah. Breckenridge and Aspen and forget about it. That was Sorry to cut you off. No, nah, it's all good. So this is the coolest thing. So um so we get in there and then uh we pull up and we start walking in and as we get close to it, there's a sign on the door, uh IDs must be checked, Dallas Stars training camp. Hmm. So the Dallas Stars, they trained up in Vail in the off season, to with the um, with the um, the altitude, so they could train in the higher altitude. 
for training and stuff. So this was right before. So this is 95. This is 95, 96, early. Yeah, early, yeah, 90. So this would be 96 now. And this would have been, I believe, after after Colorado wins the Stanley Cup. So this is the following summer now. So this is this is part of the team now with Hitchcock that eventually wins the Stanley Cup in 99. So I go, Dave, I said, what the hell are we doing here? And, oh, they, and he told me, too. He says, bring your ref shirt and everything else. He brought me up to this thing, and we ended up um, dropping pucks for the Dallas Stars training camp. They were having scrimmages, but it was tryouts. You know, it was their training camp, I That's should cool. say. So Joe Newendike was there. I was on the ice yeah. with Guy Carbonell, Andy Moog, um, Lu- Craig uh, Ludwig, all these amazing. Uh, Arthur's Urbe was on the team before he uh, went to San Jose, so it was just like this incredible thing. And I look at Dave and he goes, "I go, what do you mean?" He goes, "Yeah, he says go in there, we lace up, we put on. I'm on the ice with all these freaking Hall of Famers, these future Stanley Cup winners, guys. Benoit Hogue was on the team at the time. I could just go through the roster, you know, and things stand out to me like how how tiny Guy Carbonio's, uh, um um, feet were, you know what I'm saying? He wore these white, uh, he had these white ice skates and stuff. Uh, obviously a famous uh, Canadian and all that other stuff. So I was told, uh, yeah, you're going to pick up the pucks. Uh, you play the whistles. Um, if any of the guys drop the gloves, you let them go. Uh, any of that shit, all that crap, you know, we were just there basically to just pick up the pucks, blow the whistles when the, when the you know, on the double the whistle when Hitchcock would blow the whistles. So I, Mike Greer, I think, was, um, he was also in training camp. And I'll never forget, he said, if anybody fights, you just let it go. So Bob Basson was going out for a tryout for the Stars that year. And in the corner, he goes I love all these names, by the way. Oh, it's the best, man. Like I said, um, uh, Bob Basson, I think was his name. I I, I know Basson. Yeah, it was. I just don't, I can't remember if it was Bob as his first name. But Basson is going Yeah, definitely Basson, yeah. Yeah, Basson got invited in for a shot. So him and Craig Ludwig go at it. Now, Craig Ludwig is a monster. I don't know if you remember him. It's just a, a monster yes. of a defenseman back then. Yes. So they get into it, man, and they're just they're just buried into it. And um, I give Bassin a lot of credit. He was kind of standing up for himself, trying to make a show here and stuff. And um, so they were going at it. And then, like I said, after that, you know, I helped Bassin pick up his gloves. And it was all – the thing that stands out for me more than anything, KD, is like, number one, the speed – of these guys being on the ice with these guys as they're, tr- you know, uh, and it's a smaller rink, obviously, but they're, they're training, they're practicing. Like you can, you can go to a, a Rangers practice, right? You can watch it and you can kind of be uh, on the, you can get up to the glass and you can watch and everything. But I was on the ice as a, as a, you know, mock referee for that whole thing. And I'll never forget how fast. And these guys are going for jobs and they were checking the crap out of each other. And seeing mm. uh, Andy Moog and uh, Arthur's Urbe and all these guys, and it was just an absolutely incredible experience. And then um, you know, guys would come off of the uh, the quick runs and all that stuff, and then they'd get off. And then God, I'll never forget, I'll, I have this image of just Joe Newendike on the bike, you know, in between seeing all the sticks. You know, I could I I don't have it in front of me, man. But if I pull up the roster for that training camp and that team, they were all there. And it was just absolutely incredible. And then, like I said, a couple of years, guys like, oh, yeah, Madonna wasn't there. He wasn't at that particular practice. There were a couple of big stars on the team, obviously, that weren't there for that. So, um, but as an ice, you know, I played ice hockey, obviously, a little bit and stuff like that. And then here I was just skating around, being a ref. And the reason I'm bringing this up was is that no matter how much ice hockey, no matter how fast I was in line, uh, 25, um, the speed 
of watching these guys and being on the ice with them was just, I'll never forget that. So uh, my buddy was awesome, Dave. It was just like an incredible thing. So it was just uh, a whole awesome thing and just being around these guys, watching a training camp live, being a part of it, picking up the pucks, you know, looking down at the ice and Benoit Hogue looking up at me, waiting for me to drop the puck. Like there's just certain images that stand out. Uh, and it was great. And then, boom, we, we hopped in the car. We went back home, and I, I took Dave out to the bar, and I bought him like thousands of dollars of drinks because it was just uh, an absolute uh, incredible experience. So the rest of that, we, we played a ton of online hockey, uh, a lot of uh, leagues out there, which was great. Um, hockey was exploding. It was a great. We actually tried out for the Denver roller hockey uh, team that was playing in there. Uh, we didn't make it because at the time, uh, it was actually a lot of Russians were in that, in that league. And if you had a Russian connection, that was the only way you were really getting on those teams, crazy enough. I had a buddy of mine, Pete, who was on my uh, officiating squad. He actually uh, got hired by the league. He became an official. We went to games to watch him. Uh, it was pretty awesome. The year before that, actually, went up to the visit. That's when uh, uh, Butchie Gorin was coaching the Grizzlies uh, the Denver Grizzlies were in there right before the Avalanche came in. The Nordeast came in. That's a great story, too. I went to their game, saw Butchie uh, and that squad. I had a Grizzlies jersey. And then after that, man, I came back, and then I just uh, I played a lot of inline league. But at that time when I came back, I was, um, you know, I got back into uh, my music career and everything, and I got the band back together, and I was uh, chasing a lot of chicks, you might say. And, uh, and, and I just basically played a lot of um, – I played a lot of inline hockey from then on and, and some more deck hockey, but that was pretty much it. I've got some great memories. Uh, early. I'm looking at a picture right now of a, a picture that I have from 1990-91. Uh, Me and my buddies, we won this, we won this championship in, in Barrett Park in, in Valley Stream, and they, they did everything they possibly could because it was all Valley Stream guys, to, and we, we ended up winning the thing. And they didn't even have a trophy for us or a cup or anything afterwards. And I actually, I'll never forget, I went to uh, a trophy store in Oceanside, and I bought all my guys trophies. And my father has it. It's, it's right here. It's this videotape. It's a VHS thing. We did a, a trophy ceremony. We, what, what I'm getting at is, is you know, I, I'm sure you've got these stories, too, and I can't wait to hear them, too. But we just love the game so much. We love playing. And even on a, on a roller hockey level to, uh, you know, guys, and I've got friends and cousins and buddies of mine, Still close guys that were on these rock, uh, roller hockey teams that that have gone on and, and, and almost gotten semi pro. I mean, I, the thing back then, uh, being from Long Island, it was very hard to actually get off the island and then go play. You had to make this huge commitment to go and, and play in college and, and and the traveling and all that other stuff. And it, it's it's tough. My brother went through it too. He was a top player. He still plays ice today. He's an excellent player. Uh, it's all, you know, adult and beer leagues right now. But my brother Shawnee, too, he it was tough. He played for Chaminade, and all his guys stuck together. But making a career choice out of, you know, going trying to get out of Long Island and, and, and trying to become, you know, uh, an NHL star is so tough. I mean, guys like McAvoy out here from Long Beach now, it's it's different. It's definitely different now. In fact, my buddy now, his kid's playing. I asked him today, I said, has he, he got any thoughts of playing, you know, pro? And he's just like one day at a time. I said he would definitely love to do it. But a lot of kids will play. I have my other cousin, Martin, his son, phenomenal high school player. But he's not making the choice, you know, financially to kind of make that kind of commitment to, to go into doing it. So, um, but that's it. I mean, you know, I could I could go on and on more and more about it. But for me as a personal player, uh, it was basically local grassroots stuff. Um, you know, when I went out to Colorado, uh, that was the best shape of my life. Uh, there were some opportunities out there, but it never really kind of took off. 
And I was on my own out there, and um, you know, I had other things more important that I, I that I could do than to try and at twenty five try and you know, there was no kind of career. But I love the game; I still love it. Uh, it's a huge part of my life, especially just in terms of um, playing recreationally. To to just so blessed and so lucky to be a kid from Long Island, uh, and you know, to love the Rangers through uh, a father who came over from Ireland, worked in the city in the in the sixties, and, and went in to see a Bobby Hull Chicago Blackhawk game, and that's how he became a Ranger fan, and that's how I did. And then my brother grew up, you know, uh, on Long Island uh, during those um, you know post Lafontaine days and whatever, and and um, he became an Islander fan because all his his cousins and his buddies were all on the fans, so it's who they grow up with. But um, I, I love it. I, you know, this is great to talk about it because I have so many great memories. There's a lot of them that I'm leaving out, but um, I will say this in terms of deck hockey, my roller hockey buddies, my time in Colorado, my hockey memories are phenomenal. I never played it on a professional level. I love, I love it as a fan, but myself as just just a kid who used to play. I still got my sticks in the garage, KD man. So. Um, but that's it. I, you know, I got so much more to say, but, um, those are great memories and it's, uh, it's awesome, but that's, that's pretty much a general basis of, uh, of, of, of my thing of playing. Um, I was, uh, I'll say is this much as a player, I mostly played defense and I would be the guy that, uh, would get uh, a lot of penalties because, um, in huh. no checking leagues, my buddies would get checked and you know, this very well with the deck hockey league in Farmingdale. Um, I used to get tossed out of lots of games. Because they were guys that I just wanted to kill. Because guys, you know, you, they would run each other, you know. And um, that's always the, the dangerous thing in beer leagues is that you got, you know, guys that have nothing outside of this thing, and they'll take you out. And then, um, uh, but that's it. So, but good stuff. What about yourself, bro? Um, yeah, I mean, I started playing ice hockey when I was uh, seven. Um, actually, the first time I played hockey was only the second time I'd actually stepped on ice with skates in my life. So I could barely even skate, but I wanted to play, you know, same thing. You know, I was uh, seven. So that was like in 83, you know, the heyday of the Islanders, Long Island is, you know, hockey crazy. So, you know, I got caught up in it and uh, I wanted to play. So, you know, my parents, you know, I guess I was lucky enough to have uh, parents who were able to get me uh, hockey equipment. And uh, they put me in the town of Oyster Bay rec league. Um, I think I was like, it was probably like the youngest age group there. You know, I could, I, again, I barely even knew how to skate. I could skate forward. Um, but I remember, I, I'll never forget the first, this first clinic, you know, that it was, it was just like a clinic. And then they played a couple of games at the end, um, in like this sort of like house rec league with the town of Oyster Bay. And, uh, you know, I never forget it. My, my parents videoed it. So, you know, they had you doing, like, line drills. So you did forward. I was like, oh, this is great. I could do forward. And then, like, all right, everyone's got to skate backwards. And it's just like a video. The video is just me just, like, basically walking backwards on my skates. <laughs> you know, like, as, you know, and I think the age group probably was, like, 7 to 10 years old. So there were some kids who knew what they were doing. They were skating. And I'm just walking. And you just hear in the background, like, my parents dying laughing. Just dying laughing. Because I'm, like, walking on my skates, and kids are, like, you know, like, skating circles around me, like, on these, like, line drills and stuff. So that was, like, my my introduction into into ice hockey. And like I've mentioned on the show, I was really into, into goaltending. So that was my, my thing, and I, I ultimately wanted to get into that. So when the games came around for these things, you know, and they were asking, well, who wants to play goalie? Because nobody in these clinics is really there with 
full goalie equipment on. And, and uh, one game, the one guy who had been playing for our team um, didn't show up. So I was like, oh, yeah, I, I'd love to do it. And I got in there, and I, I just loved it. And from that point on, I was I was playing goal in, in these, you know, rec in the town of Voice of the Bay sort of clinics and rec leagues. And from there, um, I started playing in the Caniac leagues, uh, you know, in-house leagues. Caniac, I played at Newbridge, uh, Newbridge League. Um, my first year actually playing in the Caniac in-house, we won the championship, which was, which like you said, you know, just amazing memories. We knocked off the undefeated team. And one of my best friends was on the team, so it made it that much sweeter. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, that was, that was, uh, always fun. I tried out a couple of times for the Nassau County, like travel team, the lions. I don't know if you remember that, uh, with Nassau County lions, the, um, first year I tried out, I'm trying to remember how old I was. I was probably like 10, 11, something like that. Um, I remember trying out, I didn't make it. Then the second year I tried out, I actually made the team. I made the travel team. But as like the alternate goalie, mm-hmm. um, and I basically told them to go screw themselves. I was either going to be on the team or I don't even want to be a part of it, <laughs> which is which was probably a stupid mistake, you know, um, because I basically just screwed myself for, you know, later on because I wasn't that old, I, you know, a young, dumb kid. I mean, look, I wasn't going to the NHL, so but whatever. So I continued to play in the rec leagues. And then actually, when I got into junior high school, you know, I went I grew up in Massapequa, still living in Massapequa. Um, there was no, there was only three high school teams that had JV teams at the time. It was Roslyn, Valley Stream, and uh, Oceanside. But the Oceanside team was like an independent team, and they were taking kids from anywhere. So I played on this Oceanside team, and we actually won the JV championship that year, which was again awesome. Um, good times. And then, you know, once I got into high school, I played for Massapequa high school. Um, again, goalie the whole time is goalie, um, which, which I, again, just love the position. Um, and, um, you know, in high school, we won the town of voice of the Bay championship, my junior year, you know, again, all my buddies and just, just an amazing, amazing time. Uh, Massapequa pretty much won that championship every year. So it was a little bit of pressure, um, to have to win it every year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was definitely, definitely fun times. And, and that was, you know, uh, my senior year, I ended up getting hurt. So, um, early on, so I didn't get to finish out the year, um, it, cause I had lacrosse, which was more important to me at the time. So I didn't want to push the injury. So I haven't played ice hockey since my senior year of high school. I've literally haven't put on goalie equipment since then. Wow. The, the last time I've seen my goalie equipment, my ice hockey goalie equipment, was when I tried to sell them to play it against sports before going to a trip to Atlantic City, and the and the guy I must have been, I must have been in my late twenties. So think about the advances in like goalie equipment from like you know the age of eighteen to the age of like twenty eight or however old I was. I walked in to play it against sports, and the guy laughed at me. He's oh, like, "Are great. you joking?" He goes. It, the only the guy said the only thing I could do for you is help you throw these out by by throwing them in the dumpster in the back of the store. So that that I actually so I said no and I brought it back. I actually still have all the equipment at my dad's house. Um, so I still actually have all the stuff. Um, but yeah, that was actually the last time I played. And obviously, I played 
you know, when I was a kid, you know, you played deck hockey with like the kids in the neighborhood and where I lived, it was funny. There was like groups of us, you know, you sort of had your crew. I mean, I'm sure everybody did, but, and what we would do is we had these tournaments with the different crews in the neighborhood. It was so much fun. I mean, I think that was like some of the most fun I ever had playing hockey was when I was like eight and nine years old. And we had other kids who were our age that we would play against. We played in this bank parking lot. Um, and we would, you know, meet up and, and we would say, okay, well, the game will be this Saturday. You know, we see each other in school. They'd be like, all right, the game's on Saturday. And then the other group of guys was one of the guys on our team's older brother and his friends. So, you know, they were like three or four years older than us. And they'd come over, you know, and they would beat the shit out of us. <laughs> you know, like physically, you know, we'd be playing and they're like, we're they're like, you score again, we're going to beat the shit out of you. And you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, it's like one of those things. Uh, so that was that was a lot of fun. And then, you know, like you mentioned, um, I played in that in the Farmingdale Deck Hockey League with my my buddies um, when I was in college. Um, my I'm trying to think what year that was. It was uh, the first year we played, I think, was 97, the summer of 97. And uh, yeah, that was it because we were all turning 21. And yeah, it was like a mess. We were all the games. They had like the the Sunday morning games at like eight in the morning, and like everybody was hungover. I mean, like throwing up over the boards, like hungover. <laughs> you know, you were lucky if you got five get five guys there so you could play. Um, but you know, we actually you know, funniest thing, the name of our team, we uh, the name of our team was Sexual Chocolate. <laughs> After, you know, the great band yes. from coming to America. So our team was, <laughs> you should, so when we went there, I was one of the guys who set the team up. So when we went there, you know, they had a team, uh, a meeting for all the teams in the league. And they were going through the, and and they're like, all right, what's your team name? What's your team name? And when they came to us, they said, what's your team name? But we said sexual chalk at the whole place. It was like, what? <laughs> so... Our first, we were in the probably we were in the lowest division because it was our first year, so they put you in like the, the lowest division. And we won the championship that year. And at the place, I don't know if you remember, when you win, they put up a sign of the team that wins. So for a full year, they had to have sexual chocolate. That's awesome. On the wall at at that place, it was the funniest thing. I remember this. I remember one game we had. The night before, we had it was like an eight o'clock Sunday morning game, and the night before was my buddy's twenty-first birthday, and uh, so we're all at his house. His parents got a whole bunch of ice slides, and we're doing shots like the you know the whole night and stuff. And so we're there, we're having a great time, and and one of my buddies is like, oh, there's a party a couple of a couple of blocks down. So we're like, all right, let's go. You know, you know, most normal people would just like you know walk over, grab a beer or something, walk the, the whole way. Each of us like grabbed our own bottle of booze to like drink on the way over. You know, like I had a bottle of Jägermeister in my hand like the whole time, and it, it just turned into like chaos from there. Wasn't so, like, the, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like the next morning, we all show up at this rink. I mean, goodness gracious! Like I said, just guys are throwing up. Um, we only had we had five guys, and, and to our credit, we somehow won. I don't know how. But we we still won, and um, you know that was really. We played the next year, and we actually we went from winning. I think they moved us up a division, and we went from winning the championship. We didn't make the playoffs the next year, 
but that was the last time I, I and I was I was 21. So that was the last time I played any kind of like organized hockey wow, like that's at a long all. Time, man. So like, yeah. So like most of my hockey like playing experience was like younger in my life. You know, I, I played lacrosse in college, Division One, Division One, by the way, Bali, Division yeah, One baby. lacrosse player. Um, so. And and then you know I played in men's league lacrosse after that. You know I played into my late thirties. You know in, in men's lacrosse leagues a- after that. So I never really got back into hockey when I was at co- actually when I was at Butler in college. The they had a club hockey team. They actually asked me to play, and uh, I just didn't want to risk hurting myself. I was just, you know my my uh, another guy on the lacrosse team actually played and the coach. You know, gave me the blessing, his blessing to play. But I was just like, it's not worth it. I'm like, I'm here on scholarship. I'm here to play lacrosse. God forbid I ever hurt myself. Um, I was like, I just did not want to do that. So, but yeah, that's that's sort of my hockey background. You know, like I said, I played a lot of ice hockey as a kid. You know, playing at, you know, Caniac Newbridge down in Long Beach. The Long Beach, uh, you know, rink down there. Won a a bunch of championships throughout the year. Throughout the years, in, in uh, you know junior high, uh, JV, varsity, deck leagues, uh, you know house leagues and hockey, so it was definitely a fun, fun time, and I really just you know grew to love the game, obviously, um, and and uh, you know you know when the two of us were playing, it was definitely not the game that it is now. It's a little bit more cl- uh, clutching and grabbing, and you know more sort of physicality. Where today, I mean, trust me, there was definitely some skill going on. Don't get me wrong. Um, but you know, now it's, uh, definitely all skill. Um, so a little bit of a different game. I still love it though. Um, you know, love that we still do the podcast and get to talk about it, doing the blogs and, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, I really, from a, from an early age, you know, starting, you know, playing ice hockey at, you know, seven years old, um, you know, it's been a, you know, it was a huge part of my life growing up. Um, and, and, and something I'll always remember. No, it's it's great, man. It's and I, I think a lot of I would definitely say. I mean, I'd love to hear maybe on Twitter and stuff some of the uh, maybe some of the upstate hockey fans uh, or uh, you know Central New York, Westchester, and all that other stuff. But I, I know I can speak for thousands and thousands of kids out here on Long Island, especially in the '80s and '90s. It was just so huge as far as just. Um, massive leagues out here you could play anywhere whether it's the you know the rec leagues this it's it's when you think about it how many ice rinks are actually on long island uh the deck hockey leagues the roller hockey leagues uh you know i got stories of playing in uh in freeport in line in the summertime in the the they have the big uh the white tent around the the rink and in the summertime, we'd be playing at a hundred, you know, in a hundred degrees. We'd have beer in our water bottles. You know, it was all <laughs> drink. I mean, this, I, I, God, it, it, you know, just the amount of drink that was involved with playing hockey, uh, <laughs> it was just unbelievable. And our girlfriends back then who put up with us, you know, just the stink, the hockey stink after the games and all that other oh, stuff. Oh yeah. But um. Oh, the equipment. The equipment is the worst. I mean, there's nothing you could do to get the smell you know, out of that equipment. I mean, you'd put it outside, they have sprays for it. And I, you know, I had the goalie equipment, which was like a thousand times worse. I mean, you know, I'd have like the bag in my like room and I'd like walk oh into my, my like, bedroom. I'd be like, I'd be like, I can't do this anyway. So then I had to, you know, I was like, this has to stay in the garage. I was like, I cannot have this like in my house. Um, you know, my parents would be like yelling at me and stuff. So, 
Um, but See, yeah, that, just that, just that, that's one thing my buddy Scotty used to do on our roller hockey team. We had this team, right? We just it was a couple of years there. Uh, you know, we were in our uh, you know nineteen, twenty, twenty one, and we were playing everywhere together. But that was Scotty's big thing in goal. He would leave his equipment, you know, rotting because that would help him with clearing the crease. <laughs> Guys wouldn't want to come near him by the crease, you know. That's a smart move. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a savvy move right there. But I will say this. The, the deck hockey leagues, I'll never forget, I was so against the foot hockey. It's like, come on, you know, this was like, it was, oh, it was like you know, I was this, uh, you know, local, you know, street inline player had these ethics that I, there's no way I'm playing, you know, ball hockey or, or deck hockey, you know. Um <laughs> And then after a while, playing it and having fun, there was such a great ease. You know, like I said, I'm a veteran of the Farmingdale Deck Hockey League there on 110. I'm sure there's just, hopefully there's a whole bunch of people listening to the same thing, man. Oh, oh man, sure. and, and did you ever go to Mary's, the bar that was down at the end? No. All right, so there was no. this bar down at the end called Mary's, and it was run by this old woman named Mary and stuff. And my God, it was just great. The wings were amazing. And, you know, you'd go in there and, you know, everybody chip in five, ten bucks or whatever. You get pitches of beer and hundreds of wings. And we used to play darts back then and stuff. But there were nights where I would, I would end up sleeping in the parking lot in my car there, you know, cause I lived, you know, <laughs> out here. I mean, I got all these great memories. And when I moved to Colorado, my, my buds, all my hockey buds at that time, we, they had Signed my hockey stick, <laughs> my deck hockey, my leg stick. You know? That's right. But the ease of the game was great, man. There was nothing better than just, you know, you, all you had to do was, you know, have a good pair of sneakers, your elbow pads, your shin pads, you know, your jock strap, um, uh, a nice broken in pair of gloves and a couple of sticks. And for 45 minutes or whatever the heck it was, you would run around in there, play some ball hockey. But all the stories like the, the, the night, the, the hangover games, um, showing up when you only had five guys or whatever. And, and that whole thing, the, the the names of the teams, and then you would, you know, you, if you won that division, you'd move up to the next division. I mean, it was a great little uh, camaraderie. You knew everybody. You knew the, you know, the, the the goons and the good guys on certain teams, and um, just a blast, man. Just uh, so many memories, and uh, you know, knock on wood, a lot of my buddies, everybody's still around, still healthy and stuff, and and we do, we we talk about those great times. Those are those are hockey memories. Those are things. And and though I didn't go on to do it professionally or even carry it on, I played a lot of soccer too, man. I was a I was a big soccer player too. And um, you know, like yourself too, you moved on to lacrosse and everything. I'm sure you have tons of stories there. But you know, it's funny how you stopped that young. I mean, I was still playing, you know, deck hockey up until I was almost 30 years old. You know, 28, 29. But that was the ease of deck hockey. You could just get in. Now I joke around. Some of my buddies are in their, you know, uh, you know, forties and older than that, and they're still playing. I go, "You're out of your mind." And I was saying that like, you know, ten, fifteen years ago. How are you still playing? There's no way, you know. But uh, it was just so much fun, man. And, and, and yeah, I mean, it, the rivalries that you would like. I said, we were only in this league for like two years, but like halfway through our first year, we already hated and were hated by like half the league. <laughs> You know, because you just built up we, our big rivalry because we were all Ranger fans for the most part on the team. There's a couple, we had a couple of Islander fans on the team, but there was one team in the league called the Islanders. I mean, how? By the way, how unoriginal the Islanders? I mean, <laughs> give me a break. You know, I mean, but you know, and and we we met them, and you know, we had a, played them a couple of times during the year. I think they beat us every time we played them, and we ended up playing them in the semifinals that year, and we beat them. I mean, I, I actually, Paulie, I actually scored the game-winning goal. Um, I'm not, like, I remember, like, it was yesterday. It was off the face-off. A guy off the face-off shot it right off the face-off. Rebound, scored, and uh, we went on and won the game, and, and we won in the championship game the next weekend or whatever it was. 
But, you know, and what's great about that and just, you know, beyond, you know, when you played in the deck leagues when I was younger in, in ice hockey, you know, there weren't a lot of like guys who played ice hockey in those leagues. So I was playing with mostly guys from other towns and stuff. Yeah. And what was great about the, you know, the deck hockey stuff is like these are like my best friends. And it like made it that much, you know, more special when you won, you know, this, well, with this champ, with thankfully we won a championship. Um, and, and like you said, we still talk about it now, you know, we all hang out and, you know, we're having some beers in my buddy's backyard and, and, and we ultimately come back to that summer and, and that deck hockey team and just all the fun that we had, you know, again, with, with our name, sexual chocolate. I mean, we'd be screaming from the bench. <laughs> yeah. Chocolate. You know, and people would be like, what is wrong with this team? But it was such and, an even uh, keel. That, that was great about the deck hockey. Like you were saying, you didn't have to be like a great skater. You didn't have to be a great stick no. handler. You didn't have to be in great shape. You had guys that were, were fat and beer bellies and stuff, and those are your defensive guys or whatever. And, uh, you know, I, I think of the uh, the Nintendo ice hockey with the big, the, the little fat guy and the little skinny guys. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. those guys. Those were good deck hockey teams, man. And and you nailed it, man. It, it, you, you just, it didn't, I mean, I, my buddy's father, one of my best buddies, his father played on our team. We actually, and he became like our, he was our guy. And, and we named the team, I used to call him Papa Ray. And then we changed the name to the Papa Rays. And we were that team for like years and we won championships together. And that's how tight we were. And all of us, I don't, I don't see them as much as I used to, but we all stay in touch. But those guys, they turned that hockey team into, as they got older, into golf outings. Mm. into summer parties, and it's all, it, the invitations are all Papa Ray reunion, Papa Ray barbecue, Papa Ray golf outing. And that was all off that deck hockey team, and you can't, the memories, the friendships, and, and you nailed it because it, it wasn't ice, it wasn't inline, where everybody had to be in great shape or a certain age or anything. It was just this even keel. It was a parking lot team, man. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, and I like you said there was some you know some threats of fights, and I remember oh, yeah. my you know we we'd have we'd have buddies come and watch us, and they'd be getting into fights with either the team we were playing or the you know the family and friends of you know the team we were playing, uh, you know threats of we'll see you in the parking lot after the game type stuff, you know, and and that just you know added to the to the fun of of uh, that that sort of deck hockey experience. Yeah, man, just just good times and. Um, you know, uh, again, just going through, you know, from being a kid and doing it and, and ended up with that is, it was a great way to sort of end my organized hockey experience. Um, uh, but you know, I think a lot of people, you know, if you grew up on Long Island, uh, I think at some, at one point or another, especially if you played hockey, probably went through that place, um, and have similar, like you said, similar experiences and, and great memories. Yeah. No, it's super duper stuff, man. Hey, good, good way to go tonight, man. I'm just, uh. It's got me in a good mood, man, because I'm, I'm just yeah. thinking of all these uh, great members. I had a, me and my buddy of mine, he's, uh, we've been friends for years. We, we joined the intramural National Community College Deck Hockey League, and we were on a team called the War Pigs. Nice. And we were the two defensive guys. Uh, we won that championship. A little snow. We, we shirts and stuff. But we had a blast just going and yeah. playing, man. And I did a lot of officiating, too, actually, when I came back from Colorado. When I came back to New York, and I – I started to ref a couple of these um, local Long Island leagues out here, and 
it was such garbage. I was so disappointed in the level of play out here because I've been playing with like a lot of these elite players out in Colorado. And I say this only because, you know, they were they were just in from all different places, you know, whether Toronto and out west and all that other stuff. And then I, I'll never forget I was refing a game here and these guys were killing each other with cages and everything. And I uh, I was starting to throw everybody in the box because that's the best thing you can do as a referee. If if you if the game's getting out of control, the only way you can do is just take bodies off the ice and put them in the box. So I'll never forget this game. Uh, hot skates, they just closed it recently. They're turning into a storage place here in Limbrook. Um, and I come back from Colorado that year, and I had my uh, USA hockey uh, official license to be a referee, and I had come in with all this experience, obviously doing the game with my buddy Dave up in Dallas Stars at training camp. So I was, I was like a pretty well-versed, you know, NHL recreational official or whatever. So these guys are going back and forth. They're killing each other, hurting each other. I'm putting guys in the box. And it got to the point where I said, guys, if, if you don't st- – if you don't stop this, I'm going to end the game. And you guys can finish this game in the parking lot. And uh, sure enough, and then it was like a ref that I worked in co- another game with. He's part of the ref crew, and he's on one of the teams. This gets back to what you were saying, like guys went in the parking lot and all that other stuff because we're all kind of local yeah. guys. So uh, it was like two minutes left in the game. I, I think the game was tied 1-1 or 2-2, and I I pulled the other official that I was working with, and uh, I blew the way He was some kid. I blew the whistle, and I said, that's it. I went to the officiating, I mean, the uh, the scorekeepers and stuff. I said, that's it, game over. These guys lost it on me. They looked like, And all I did was I skated right off the rink. I put my whistle. <laughs> I, I find a paperwork. The owners are like, what's going on? I said, well, I said, you're going to have police and ambulance here, and I don't want to be a part of it. Uh, and I, and, I, and I, I just cut the game. I'll never forget. I, I was sitting there unlacing my skates, right? You can imagine this in, a, in any kind of, like, you, you know, uh, United Skates, they're massive people, right? So, yep. you know, when you know you come off that rink, right, and you go into where the concession stands are, right? Mm-hmm. You go in there, you're taking your skates off and stuff, right? Oh, the abuse that I took, man. <laughs> un, you know, unlacing my skates and, and getting my skates off, and I just walked, and that was it. I was done with uh, officiating after that and stuff, so that's where I hung that up. But I had. A lot I of give fun. you credit. I don't know how anybody could be an official. I mean, especially now. I mean, can you imagine like doing it now? I mean, the uh, abuse that these officials get now—it's yeah, insane. There's no way now. Yeah, I hear you on that, man. I, 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 did you play softball at all during the years? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, I played for a couple of years. You know what those guys went through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, like at any level. And now that, you know, I'm going through with my son, you know, and, and he's getting into the sports and stuff. And just some of these, some of these coaches and parents and stuff, like you're just like, come on. It's like, you know, these kids are like seven years old. Relax. Enjoy it. You know, yeah. don't yell at the ref, <laughs> please. Or the umpire, whatever. There's it's no insane. Way. All right. Good stuff, buddy. So uh, look, a couple of quick things. Um, to wrap things up, let's. Um, have you been checking out any of the retro games uh, MSG's been throwing up? It's been really cool. It's a, it's a trip. I I don't know. Uh, I saw one. Somebody uh, tweeted the other day, and I'm right there with them. Uh, you know, like if you watch Game Seven against the Canucks, I think as a Ranger fan, you still think we might lose that game. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, you still remember going crazy with those. Like the ref just kept calling. Who was it? Uh, was it Collins? Uh, Collins who kept calling. The icings, it was yeah. like icing it. Well, like, and Burray is like slowing down, so he doesn't yeah. like. He's the fastest guy in the league. You could get, you didn't think he would get to that. It was just you. You kept waiting for them to score in those final uh, faceoffs the in, in the defensive there. end. <laughs> but uh, you know, thankfully, uh, they, obviously, they came away with it. But yeah, those are 
you know, you, you, we were all sitting there. I remember we're just like, they keep going. They're like, they're going to score. They're going to score because that kept, that's what was happening in, in the, um, in the devil series where the devils kept scoring in the final like seconds there, you know? And, 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 uh, so we just assumed it was going to happen with the Canucks as well. Um, but thankfully it didn't <laughs> because I don't think we could be dealing with not winning a cup since 1940. Now oh. <laughs> it was bad then <laughs> now. Yikes. Have you caught any other games? Anything else? Yet? Uh, to, no, I, I haven't. The last one that I watched and we talked about it last time was the, uh, the game six against, uh, Montreal. Uh, but I, I really haven't watched uh, a lot of the games or, or really any of them, uh, that they've been showing. I don't know why I think I've just been watching netflix stuff I, i'm really into ozark now so like my <laughs> wife and i just watch ozark every night uh so money laundering might be something you want to get into <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> they get ready to open up the casino i you know i'm thinking my wife hey man you could want to get in the casino business start taking you got to take notes when you watch ozark what, man <laughs> what, we started a poppy field like on the side of my house <laughs> we're getting ready all right, all right, man. Uh, last thing, how's the uh, the series is going against the Bruins here? Is is the series over? Uh, the Rangers are up three one, from what I can see here. And um, the one thing that stands out to me, and I'd really like you to comment on, is the uh, the Tanner Glass contract that JD gave him after what is it, game four here? What's going on in this? Yeah, series? yeah. I mean, surprising <laughs> series so far. I mean, the Rangers have really you know stepped it up. You know. Uh... The three-headed monster, goalie monster, is is leading the way. You know, Artemi Panarin's is guy scoring goals left and right, and and uh, now Tanner Glass is back. I mean, I never thought it, you know I'd see him back, but you know I, I think you know I'm usually not a fan of the long-term contracts, but I think you know this one just feels right. You know, with with Tanner Glass, so uh, you know he had a big impact um, in in Game uh, Four uh, to help put the Rangers up three to one, and and uh, you know. We'll see what happens. I, I, I don't have a good feeling about game five, but uh, coming back to MSG for uh, game six, I, I, I think it will work out well for the team. And then from what I'm seeing here from the notes, <laughs> you think the Rangers will be able to carry over this physical presence that's uh, shocked Coach Cassidy over in Boston and, and Zidane Chara? <laughs> I don't know. I think that might just be a one-game storyline, Paulie. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> But uh, I got actually I got somebody somebody uh, tweeted me a little something today that I'm definitely going to work into, um, I think, uh, the game six storyline. <laughs> I mean, if it gets that far. <laughs> and and uh, anything going what's going on in the other series or you don't have that information? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, it just uh, so we have I have no really idea who the Rangers might be I haven't been paying round. attention to the other series. So, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I'll fi- I'll figure it out when the Rangers advance, buddy. You got to get to work, man. You got you need to put up a a, a a stat sheet page where we can go and find out how the other series are going to see what's going to you know happen what I, to you. What I actually find hysterical about about this, like, two things. One are the people who actually ask questions afterward about like who played goal, <clears throat> and and they're and they're joking. I I I think. Um, and, and like, what happened with this or what is that? I, I just get a kick out of that, which, so if you're listening and you're one of those people, please keep those questions coming. Cause it, it definitely gives me a little chuckle. Nobody's joking. And then, we're losing our minds here. <laughs> I need to see, well, I need to see what's going on in the leaf series. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what's, what's funnier than that 
or the people that are actually getting mad at me. Like, like legitimately, like I've gotten like some hate comments oh, you, of people buddy, we saying, got, "We got to do hate tweets next week." Then, <laughs> oh, you I mean, write there are, these down. I mean, there are people who are just like, "Come on, at least you know you have the Rangers in the playoffs. There's no way they'd be in the playoffs." I'm like, "Buddy, you better this go. Through, like you joke. gotta go. You gotta yeah. do this to me. Go, or maybe I'll try and do. It. You, we gotta get the timeline, and we gotta get these tweets." Dude, your brother texted me today asking him how much I was drinking when I when I wrote up the last recap. I'm like, this isn't supposed to be serious. <laughs> yes, I know that they wouldn't be up three to one against the Bruins if they even made the playoffs in the first place. <laughs> oh man, everybody's losing it, man. What what can you say? So, These are the times. I mean, we no, live in. I mean like, you know, there's some people who are like fake, you know, mad about it, and there's some people who are like really angry. Like that, I'm being an idiot about it. I'm just like, there's nothing else going on. I'm <laughs> making up fake recaps that literally make no sense. I literally wrote a recap of and likened Panarin to Jesus, like you know, like on Easter Sunday. I did a resurrection. Like, yes. are you are you wrong it, though? Are you wrong? <laughs> I mean, that probably would have happened, but um, <laughs> because he is godlike. But sure, uh, we'll see. We'll we'll see what the and by the way, uh, imitation is is the sincerest form of, of flattery. I saw, um, and I don't know the guy's name. I saw someone from the Atlantic has has essentially stolen my idea. Oh come on! And man. yeah, no, he's he's set up where he's getting other writers from the Atlantic and and having them write up fake recaps for series. That he is decided. Do you have have this time stamped? It was a post your. Absolutely post mine because he just started it this week. Unbelievable! Can you believe that? And I'm not. I'm not getting any royalties from it at all. Bad job. (laughs) Bad job. (laughs) I mean, come up with your own idea. Goodness. Okay, Dave. Maybe we'll have to. um, You'll have to lock your Twitter account, man. I might have to. You know? I might have to. I might have to send a cease and desist letter to. Uh, <laughs> no, you should to the, send, send to the, the fake one. <laughs> What's that? Send the fake one. That's right. That's right. Might as well. Might I mean, I get the well. fake recaps. I got my fake playoff beard going. I'm just rocking it right now. My wife just hates me with a passion right now. But I'm just. It's going. I told her. I said, as long as the Rangers are still in the fake playoffs, I got to keep this thing growing. Oh man. So, and as far as I know, I mean, I'm just having a premonition. I think they might be in the Stanley Cup Finals this year. I don't know. Buddy, don't forget, you're not allowed to go anywhere else. So <laughs> just keep that in mind, all right? The days are gone where you can say, hey, look, I'm going to come over to your house tonight and I'm going to stay with you for a couple of days. The wife kicked me out. You're not welcome anymore. <laughs> Unless you get tested, baby. <laughs> All right, uh, once again, thanks so much for listening to Go Rangers Radio. Great uh, conversation, great memories. Hope everybody enjoyed it. We'll keep doing this, have more fun. Everybody, our healthcare workers, first responders, everybody in the front lines, and to everybody and anybody who's gotten sick or lost a loved one, we truly send our condolences and are thinking for everybody, uh, thinking about you guys. And just um, stay, stay, hang in there, everybody. Stay healthy. Do the best you can. And thanks so much for hanging out with us uh, another night here at Go Rangers Radio. KD? As always, say goodnight to the fans, baby. Goodnight, folks. All right. Thanks so much for listening to Go Rangers Radio. We'll be back next week. And as always, even though they're not playing, except on Katie's timeline on Twitter, let's go Rangers!